you're just now joining us by live stream, uh, thanks for coming along. Uh, consider sharing the link and uh, let people know that this is a, a great discussion. It's been going on for three weeks. We are most likely ending it today. We've been talking about why church. So is the church important? Why is the church important? Uh, is it still relevant for today? And then our discussion today is centered around the question, so if it's relevant, what should be my involvement? And so we're inviting your engagement. And uh, did we pass out the little forms today? Great. So you have a paper form if you're sitting in the congregation. You can fill out your uh, engagement. It doesn't need to be a question. It could be a comment. And then turn that in to us, and we'll respond here uh, at the table. And then also, if you're out in the live stream, you have two ways in which you can engage with us. One, by texting 720-878-3323. That's going to come right to Nina's phone here. She's monitoring that. Then we have the chat window, all right, that's in the live stream, and you can type in your chat right there, and uh, we'll be able to monitor the chat. I'm going to grab my laptop so that I can do that. I forgot that I'm kind of in charge of that, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to let you talk something I know you're not used to, right. used to but <laughs> and uh, so it's so great uh, to thank you so much go ahead and feel free it's it's somewhere in there and uh, we have Matt uh, with us again this morning he's been such an integral part of our live stream and uh, of this uh, panel discussion I, I just I wish I was as bright I wish I was as handsome you know and then Pastor Wes from St. John's has been joining us. He's coming right now and going to fill in uh, the seat over to Nina's left there. And uh, wh what a brilliant guy. I mentioned you this morning and something you said in your, your sermon, by the way. Um, I, I assume you even know or will remember this, but you said death does not define life. You said that when uh, Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, you remember that comment? I've actually said that a few times. Even um, before today. Right? Even before today, that wasn't just a today thing. Oh um, well, then but, you're uh, you're brilliant all the time. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't say it that way. I wouldn't even stutter <laughs> that way. But um, I think th I think that's yeah. I Jesus took away the definition. I mean, but death defines us. Of course it does. You know, I'm lucky to get the hash mark in between. You know, 1954 to 19 or 220, whatever. No. No. And I have to, I, I attribute that thinking to Roman Catholic uh, priest James Allison um, uh, for the way he writes about the resurrection is, is phenomenal. So I'm just going, wow. But. Well, I thought this morning it was wow. In the midst of all we've been going through since 2020 and everybody and there's so much death around us and despair around us and people getting so sick and when I heard that this morning I it was like whoa like a shock shockwave death does not define us yeah. Jesus changed it, that narrative about really death good. defining us what well, he did with Martha and Mary I mean personally so but they were living the death they were grieving the death mourning the death we've all been there you know whoever it is, our loved ones, our family, our friends, we're immersed in death. Understandably. And Jesus walks in the room and says, death ain't got nothing to say here. 
does blow up. That's about as powerful as it can get. Yeah, <laughs> really strong. Just a whisper. Okay, well, uh, I'll still be logging on, so if you're chatting, go ahead and chat, enter your chat, and I'll get to it momentarily. I want to move along and go ahead and introduce a couple of uh, foundational ideas. First of all, a scripture that we've used throughout our discussion on why church is found in Matthew chapter 16 and verse 18. Um, it goes like this, and I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, or ecclesia, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. He's speaking about this continual, ongoing movement of Jesus of called out ones, people who have responded. Now, I'm not talking about people who are saved or people who go to church or who have prayed the right prayer or live the right way. He's talking about having come for humanity. He's called them all out. And thankfully, there are those who have responded to that, and we'll get to why that's so important. Our response to that as we go along here this morning. But you are a called out one. Whoever you are, and whatever your faith or your journey or wherever you are, God has called you out in Jesus Christ, and he loves you unconditionally. You are part of his church. And, and then he said this in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 21. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. So I can't tell you, I don't need you. You know, I can, I can have my own spirituality. I, I can be close to God by doing my own thing. We are part of a body, and the eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you. No part of the body can say you're not important. Here's Paul's comment in Ephesians about this same idea of ecclesia or body that I want to use as a springboard then for what we talk about today, Ephesians chapter 4, starting in verse 15. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly, all right? God has placed you in the body as it's pleased him. He continues, as each part does its own special work, you see, you have a special work to do. You're a called out one. There's something special about your life. And without you in fellowship with the body, as the ecclesia gathers together, we're missing a vital part. It helps the other parts grow. So it takes the emphasis off of just me. I don't go to church for me alone. I go to church for me. There's things I get, things I receive. I, I wouldn't not go because I, I love to worship. I love to be around God's people. I love to hear teaching. But I don't go just for me we should be going for each other. It, it, it's, it helps us grow. He, he ends this verse so that each, so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. There's our goal. Healthy, growing, full of love. And without you, that can't happen in its completeness. So here's a big idea, all right? Involvement can't be legislated. 
can't, we can't make involvement in the church an issue of obedience. Once you do that, you take the joy out of it, you, you take the glory out of it, you take the presence out of it, it becomes obligatory where people burn out, they don't want to go, they get hurt. Individuals without an existing sense of passion to love and serve others, they might not gain it. However, it is essential that every part does its share in building up the body, that we realize we have a contribution to make in the body being healthy and in changing our world. Now, you've heard of the butterfly effect. Now, this gets a little out there in terms of the science, but there's actual reason to believe in the cosmic universe and in how we're made and even scripturally. Scientists have looked at this theory that what somebody does, a decision they make, an action they take across the world sends waves through the universe cosmically and affects something I might do. An Asian farmer deciding to go out that morning and plant and put something in the ground can affect something that I think while I'm driving my car down the road in the United States of America in Denver, Colorado that comes into my mind and I begin to worship the Lord. In other words, we are interconnected. We are not living an individual life and that's really what I want you to begin to think about. That everything we do and every action we take in some way is influencing the world. It's influencing others. And God's called us to do it purposefully, intentionally. Watch this. Here's our other foundational scripture for this conversation this morning. 2 Corinthians, Paul speaking, chapter 5, beginning in verse 18. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So, we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. So even though you know individuals, meet individuals, work with individuals, have individuals in your family who do not claim yet at least to be a Christ follower, the things you are doing today influence what they might do tomorrow. I yield. I yield to you and your engagement. I yield to those at the table for their little three-minute uh, introduction, which is what we've tried to do each time, is each person takes a moment and comments. All right, I'll go first. Um, so when I think about, we've, we've kind of spent the last three weeks talking about why church is relevant, why it's worthwhile to go to church and be part of a community. 
um, even if that community is not necessarily in a building. And this week we're talking about what should, why should you participate? Why should you um, partake in that community? And what should your role be? Um, and when I when I was thinking about this, I was I was thinking about the burden that most um, churches, the leadership, the the people who are involved, the burden that has traditionally been held by uh, a very small portion of the church. I remember going to churches, um, being in leadership, and always feeling like I wish more people would help, and that was always the thing. Um, and then I also remember earlier years in my life going to a church and leaving and going, oh, but worship wasn't great. Or I just didn't get fed by that message. And it was such a selfish outlook, right? Like, I was going there as a consumer. I'm consuming what church is, and it needs to be good worship, and it needs to be a good message. Um, and I think when we, when we go somewhere with that attitude or that outlook, um, we're always going to be disappointed because— wow. Other people are carrying the load, and if you are not part of that, you can't enjoy it to its fullness. And and I want to I want to kind of dig back into. Um, I I taught three, um, a series of three uh, lessons in end of December into January. I feel like I'm cutting out, but I don't know if that's true. Um, and there were words that bring life, and the three words were generosity, gratitude, and humility. And I chose those three words, but there were many more words that I could have chosen. And one of the other words that I had considered along the way was servanthood. And it's one of those things, humility. When you say humility, people get this, people get a negative idea in their head, like, oh, I have to, I have to bury myself in, in whatever. You have to devalue myself to be humble, right? Um, but I talked in that sermon about that's not really what it is. It's about giving yourself a real, true evaluation before God about who you are absolutely naked before God. And when you do that, you have no fear. It brings peace. And I think the same thing is true if we talk about servanthood. We, we look at it as kind of an obligation. When, when Most of the time when you go to church, there's kind of a guilt associated with, oh, I should be helping, I should be involved, I should... I should be doing using my gifts and talents here. But I think when you enter in and you start helping or participating in a church because of that feeling, I think it robs you of the joy. But I think when you choose to serve other people because you want to, it brings life. And it's another thing that it's kind of a secret um, within the universe. Serving other people actually brings life to you. And so by not participating, you're actually robbing yourself. It's not an obligation. You don't have to participate when you go to church. You don't have to help. But you're missing out. And serving other people. And I have more to say. I'll, I'll save it because I've taken up my time. <laughs> She's got, I gave her a new one. I actually wrote myself a few notes this week about being irrelevant. This was the thought that came to mind that I wrote down first. In light of being irrelevant, that's our challenge. Is the church relevant? We seem to face two choices. I'm 
going to abandon the church altogether because it's irrelevant. Or, and this is the curse of pastors, just work harder. You need to work a 70-hour week, not a 60-hour week. Yeah. Just work harder because that's really what's going to make everything relevant. Both of those are suicide, you know, but nevertheless. Mm. And the message of the gospel is God comes to us in Christ to recreate us, to make us new. And with the power of the word and the spirit, we are created anew to be new in this world. Now we have joined this new community of people. Or we've decided to hang our hat in this building with this people for this period of time. And in that place, we are given gifts to participate. Those gifts give our life meaning. It makes us interesting. And we build one another up. And we are, as you've been emphasizing, Jeff, we are bound together. We're community together. It is an us. Whether you're in the building or not in the building, whether you hang your hat here or not, we are a community. And yes. in the interplay of these yes. gifts, the mind of Christ is revealed. Have this mind among you. Jeff does not have the mind of Christ by himself. Jeff and Wes together don't have the mind of Christ. Y'all. Got, we got back to Houston one way or another there, Nate. We all together are the mind of Christ. So the interplay of our gifts together reveal the mind of Christ. And that mind of Christ has kind of a fundamental, a foundational consider others better than yourselves. If there's an ethic, if there's a way to be, there. So the only question is, once you've hung your hat, you've walked in the door, what are your gifts? But your gifts only surface in your sphere of influence. So what's your sphere of influence? It, it, might only, it might be way out there. It might be all over the place. I hope it is. But somewhere, sometime, you're going to hang your hat somewhere. Your gifts surface in your sphere. That is stealing a quote from one of my favorite professors from seminary, Robert Tuttle. Your gifts surface in your sphere of influence. What's your sphere of influence? What are my gifts? Oh, I could take a spiritual gift survey. Um... And I've got spiritual gift surveys, anything from 40 questions to 280 questions. I could put you through the gamut. We can even do it online, and it'll calculate it for you, and you don't have enough to. What are you passionate about? What do you care about? What do you give a rip about? There. Dive into that one. Oh, by the way, we're not going to be perfect. We'll mess it up, and we'll miss some of your good gifts and your love. But what do you love? Those were my scribbled thoughts for the week. Yeah, that was great. I love that. Um, first, I want to mention that this morning, uh, I, 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 I watch um, Jane Pauley and what's it called, CABS New Mo This Morning or something on Sunday morning when, when I'm putting on makeup on Sundays and until it gets to 9 o'clock, and then I watch St. John's Service at 9 o'clock. But I was watching this morning, and as the commercials, I heard two commercials 
refer to community. That was their dig. That was their come come be with us because we're community. And get it, get this. One of them was a car commercial, an SUV commercial. And be a part you're, you 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 want to be a part of this community of SUVing kind of a concept. And I'm thinking that's a community. So anyway, but the other one was Craig's Hospital. Be a, our community. And, and, and then we care for each other. And I thought, well, that sounded a little bit like church, you know? So it's interesting because of our communities and we're all wanting to, clearly if they're using that as a come be with us, we all want, want, want community. So I just wanted to throw that out there. Well, so on our question about why should we be involved, I thought of you, Pastor, because you don't like the word should. Yes, so I thought, well, why would I want to be involved? <laughs> but anyway, um, so anyway, I don't know that this answers why I'd want to be involved. It probably answers why, should, why would I should be involved. But I was thinking of 1 Peter 4.10 where he says to, and you're studying 1 Peter, where he talks about um, that we use our gifts to serve one another, and that's what has been already said here. Uh, and, of course, Romans 12 delves into that as well, that we're to, we're to be hospital, we're to use hospitable, we're to use our gifts to help one another, weep with those who weep, rejoice with those who, who rejoice, and I love what you just said, that it's in your sphere of influence. So the question now, to me, ever since the beginning of this discussion, it gets back to, but what is the church? And we started using that word structure. So St. John's and Genesis, our structure is this, what has become traditional, a, a Sunday morning, come to a building that's pre-described for the church to meet. We have some form of worship, some sort, form of a sermon, sermon, communion, prayer, and, and we have children, we might have, if we could, children's classes, Sunday school classes, and outreach. That's Could we get a corded mic and we'll just share it? You want to work on So there is that structure, but then there's the structure that's a smaller, simpler structure, like say, a perhaps for instance, a home church and um, a smaller gathering that really is much simpler. You don't have to support a building. Um, um, you, you, you don't have... You, you know, you, you kind of organically take care of the children, that they become part of your whole group. Um, you have barbecues together. You discuss scripture. You might have a Bible study. You might, it depends on the gifts because the gifts will surface in that structure. And so we could have more of this church building structure or we could have a smaller structure that for the moment I might describe as kind of a home group structure and I think there are pros and cons to either structure actually I personally and I've been kind of talking to Jeff about this the last couple of years I think I'm leaning towards a small home group structure type of church actually even though I'm a very active part of both Genesis and St. John's really and a very active part of this structure of how this church meets um, but I would love for it to become simpler, where it fits into our everyday life, so that the people I'm inviting over for dinner, or the people I'm going to the grocery store with, or the people I'm going to the park with, or, um, 
you know that that we're that we're integrated and we can have our own form of outreach even one-on-one -on -one, even the butterfly effect kind of thing one-on-one -on -one being touching lives or even as a group touching lives so I think there's pros and cons but there's one more thing I, I thought I'd mention but then I realized this that currently exists in the United States you have to have a 501c3 to be tax deductible if people care not all churches care by the way if you care about being tax exempt and tax deductible, then you have to prove that you are doing the kinds of things a church would do to get that recognition. Bingo in the state of Colorado has to be hosted by a nonprofit 501c3 kind of organization. So, so what we're doing, uh, our wireless microphones are cutting out, all of them. So we're going to a corded mic that we'll share across the uh, panel. Um, channel one. Hello. Hello. Oh, over there? No. No? But I can give you this. Well, any moment. Or we can be. No, let's not. <laughs> Are you sure? There I am. There we are. Hey, they got it. And I assume we're on by live stream. Oh, yeah. Nothing's okay. changed that way. All right. So I was kind of talking about the pros and cons of a small structure and a larger structure that we call church, that both are valid, both have pros and cons. Okay. I realized, however, as much as I am, I am beginning to lean more and more towards the small home structure, um, that we couldn't do what we're doing at Bingo, both Genesis and St. John's, where our, a group of our church gathering can go and share the love and joy of Christ and be ministers of reconciliation, ambassadors of reconciliation in, a, in, in this kind of a larger setting that we value so very much that we're so blessed to that God has opened these doors for us to participate in and who we have developed relationships with and pray with and, and those sorts of things that we are doing. So again, I think whether it's a large structure or a small structure, um, they both have opportunities uh, that allow us to use our gifts to serve one another. Uh, one last thing I wanna say about this large structure, small structure thing. I don't think, our, um, apart from a major disaster bigger than COVID for a year and a half to two years, I don't think we'll ever have an entire society that would go to a small church structure. Now, I, I can't imagine an entire church society, church society around the world going to home church apart from a disaster. You know, this began, yep, or persecution, yes, does that, well, that's kind of disastrous as well. Sure. Yeah, so, you know, we began to be driven to different kinds of church structure this past two years because of the length of COVID, but I think it would take something like that for the church to totally turn the ship around and go to small church structure only. So in the meantime, I think we are going to be dealing with mixed structures and sizes and how they are conducted. Those are my thoughts. That's great. 
Well, thank you. We're going to share this microphone between the four of us, or three, okay? We do have some comments. I don't know if uh, Nina has received any texts. I've received some chats. Um, actually, I've received a chatter. Um, <laughs> good morning to the Randolphs, by the way. Thank you very much. And uh, Ralph says, if you are ending this series today, does that mean you will go back to your ex-cathedral teaching again? This format is so great, I would miss it. <laughs> what a dear man. Yes, we, we love you. You know, uh, and he says, I think we need to be careful. Do we fall back into calling the gathering a church building? Or that, do we, do we fall back into calling the gathering in a church building, church, or in a building, the church, and participating as members, making sure that the meetings run well? So what's our motivation there? I'll just quickly say that different strokes for different folks. That's a little loose, but I will say that there are people that actually connect to God very well in a larger setting, and they need that. There are people that connect to God in a much smaller setting, as Nina's talking about. I love the large setting. I love the celebration. I love the music, and I connect uh, to God through it. I, I love being impacted by teaching. I've, I've grown up with that. I would miss if I could no longer go to a public gathering in a building that had, you know, some of that stuff. And it takes staff and money and a building, and I get it. And I get the downfall and the pitfalls. And we've never been a smaller church. We're as small as we've ever been. And, and uh, it, it may never recover to being hundreds of people as it once was. That's okay. I'm okay with either. I'm okay with, with both. So... Um, Enough of that. So again, we, in, we, we ask you to engage with us through the chat window. Go ahead and type your name. All you need to do is uh, enter your chat or your comments into the chat window. You do initially need to put in a name, even if you just make one up and say that you accept, and then go ahead and you can start chatting. Or please text, okay, 720-878-3323. And then you'll be able to uh, comment. Those of you in the sanctuary here, I assume maybe you've had enough time to write something down. If you have, if you would give it to Nina on her way back up here, that'd be great. Slip your hand up in the air. Let her know you've written some da something down. And uh, is there anyone? It's going to be a short service, huh? <laughs> Right. So I, I, you know, I will add to this conversation here that, you know, our church sponsors a bingo session on Tuesday evenings. St. John's sponsors a bingo session on Friday afternoons. I can tell you that the dynamic of that setting completely unchurchy is a mu as, as much like church 
as many of the quote formal settings that I've been to in terms of touching people, reaching people. We pray for people. I mean right there, grab their hands, pray for them. We've laid hands on people. People have hugged us, come, come to tears. We've been to their homes. We've had meals together. I mean talk about the church. And this is through a reach that we know as bingo. And it's been such a blessing. You might be meeting over your lunch hour with a couple people in an office building. You are having church. That's an expression of the body of Christ. A thanksgiving with your family. You know, we took time this past Christmas and Thanksgiving to just rehearse some special things. What, what's special in your life? What is God saying to you, doing in your life? Is there a scripture that comes to mind? I read some scripture. We were, quote, having church. I think, to a large measure, church is what we make church to be. And church can be as full of the presence of the Lord as, as you make it to be, whatever your circumstances, all right? How are they having church in Russia right now? How are the Christians who are committed to gathering in Russia, how are they having church right now? How are the Ukrainian, how is the Ukrainian church meeting? Did it stop being the church during this time? I would submit to you that it, it's, it's very likely that this oppressive time that's been uh, put upon them against their will might actually be pressing the church to new levels of sincerity, authenticity, and uh, recognizing the the power and the mercy of God. So, a yes, a couple of. So, um, earlier, uh, when we were very first asking the question and you were talking about it's not meant to be legislated, I think that's when this comment came in from Jeff Peter. Right. And that would, and I think I under, am understanding his comment to mean is because that would make it a, just a job. So that wouldn't be, we, what we wouldn't want to make it just out of obedience and legislation because then it'd just be a job, wouldn't be heartfelt. Um, and then, uh, he didn't say heartfelt, I added that in there, but um, he did just also comment now on what's being said. Um, the problem is when people see a small gathering, people assume nothing is happening there. Mm. But sometimes it needs to be tiny and mighty. Uh, tiny and mighty gathering where more things can happen because it's more intimate. Ooh, that'd make a good t-shirt, Jeff. Tiny and mighty. Tiny and mighty. <laughs> and then, uh, okay, I think that's it as far as uh, comments. Okay. So far. Anybody else? We can't, it won't be on the live stream unless, uh, take her the mic, come up, uh, Mary, to the front row, and Jeff will come reach you, or Jeff. Matt will come reach you on the front. I'm Jeff. He's Matt. I just want to say that what I have witnessed here since we've moved to the St. John's building is absolutely remarkable. 
it's astounding. It doesn't happen in this world, in the city, in this, in this state of two different denominations, and you know, you're kind of non-denominational, having the kind of unity that we have watched and what has gone on personally in your lives as pastors and your life being touched by them and your lives being touched by him and his ministry and the people here and breaking down our ideas and walls and confines of what we think church is. That, watching that, mm. has been one of the most liberating things. Though many of my neighbors, I live in this neighborhood, I have pushed to try to reach out and really bring people into this community. If you have come, then they don't really want to come. Closer. And yet, I've told them the story. They said, I got, my son got married in that church long ago. Somebody said, did you know I used to be Lutheran? And I know that church is there. I said, why don't you come? And they have their story, their reasons. Like you said last night, it's either you or me. I love that. <laughs> I love that. But they are hearing. And I said, did you know what's happened? And when I do my little exercise class here on, on Tuesdays, it's on a pause right now. But um, they saw the little paper out in the lobby that says two churches under one roof. I mean, when does that happen? When you have different philosophies, yet you have gotten to what is really important, what Jesus really cares about in, in a community. Thank you. And I just think... What I a great just, comment. I am really honored that I got to be a part of that. Thank you very much. Thank you. It is a joy to be doing the work together. And I have colleagues that their churches, their buildings host and have hosted other people, but none of them tell the stories that I'm able to tell about how well we work together. So your witness of that, Mary, is really, that is a wonderful testimony to what God is doing. And oh, by the way, St. John's has a history of having tried this in the past, and I was reminded Saturday of how we tried it in the past and we failed. Um, so, and for a variety of reasons, cultural or maybe theological or personal, who knows. Um, and, and I still do go back to the reason they're not here is because you are, um, which is just a brutal statement. But <laughs> if it weren't true, you know, um, or because I'm here, one of those things, tear down the walls, we're building a new house. That's an old Jesus music song from way back. Tear down the house, or tear down the walls, we're building a new house. Matt will be the keeper of the mic. Yeah. They're going to change batteries in one of the wireless to a different type of battery and see if that helps. So. Here's well, you got a comment? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so kind of want to respond to Ralph's uh, question about do we go back, are we, are we now defining things as going back to a building? Um, I think it was there. So, that we, you know, like making sure that we run our church well and um, be care being careful to not go back to what we're comfortable with or what we had before just because maybe the pandemic starts to settle down or maybe people are starting to become more comfortable going back in public and okay good let's just set up the way we were previously um, and I think that this is, 
like this kind of gets to the point of it. Um, church should never be contained to a building to one hour a week or even two hours a week. Um, and, and really, God is all about bringing life, not just to Christians, but to everybody. He wants to bring life, joy, peace to everybody. And so when you go out of this building, if you carry it with you, you give it to other people. And one of the things I mentioned earlier was, was service. And service is a, is a difficult thing because it feels like, oh, I have to help other people. That's a, that takes energy. I don't have time for that. And, and, and you, you have this dread about feeling like I have to serve other people. But it's a secret. It's, it's, it's one of God's secrets. When you serve other people, it brings life to you. And you can unlock that secret for someone else as well. Uh, at my work, we have something called Para's Heart, and it's a committee of about 10 people, and we, we do um, philanthropic activities, and we ask for volunteers from our company to come and serve. One of the things we did this year was the Santa Claus shop, where you know people from all over and companies donate toys and lots of other things, books and, and things like that. And they sort them out and they make bags based on ages, and our job was to show up for three hours and hand out toys for free, like basically a, a bag of toys to a family that was in need um, so that they could give those to their children. This was in December, obviously, right before Christmas. And I'll tell you what, we had way more fun than the people that were driving up in the cars picking up the toys. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe some of those people were having a lot of fun too, but like, it was great. It was such an incredible afternoon. And this isn't a church building. We were not in a building. We were in a parking lot of a former Kmart um, handing out gifts to other people. And I have to say, at the end of that day, I felt so recharged. I felt so, um, so much joy. And it didn't have anything to do with church. It didn't have anything to do with being in a building um, or talking about Jesus. In fact, I'm not sure that any of the other people I was working with even go to church. But it was, it was a principle of God. When you serve others, it brings joy to your life. And if we can help people understand that by showing them um, service by serving them, maybe it spreads. Maybe more people start to understand that. They have a mic now that they're going to use. That's yeah. This one's that's, mine. That's you all will share that. So I, I want to pose an interesting just before. So um, the flip side of the coin and just as valuable to what Matt has shared, and, and I love what he has shared, absolutely agree, would be, if, if you're married, you have learned that personal happiness is not the foundational goal. God uses my union with my wife my spouse God uses your union with your spouse to do things in your life to do things in my life that could not happen apart from that there is a dynamic in that working of God through someone else that's true about 
ecclesia. Belonging to ecclesia is not always comfortable. It can often be messy and the personal goal isn't happiness. It's glorifying the King of Kings. It's that Jesus would be master and if I were to read the verse again, we speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ who's the head of the body. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. What form that takes, all right? That's like, that'd be like me saying, well, there's one right way to fish. (laughs) There's many different ways to catch fish and you know the position of the sun has to do with that the depth of the water the season of the year the bait you're using the fish that you're trying to catch but it's fishing and I just think there's some similarities there okay so come to the front and we'll give you a mic And you can have a seat or whatever you're comfortable doing. I'm Brooke. I'm from St. John's. And I love what you just said, Jeff, because what if you don't catch a fish? We're such a measurable society. Everything has to have... Have a measure of success. We have to um, prove the reward, prove that um, we achieved the goal. Mm. But in this whole question... Of why church or how should I be involved piecing together what you guys have said um, if God is in your heart and you are an ambassador of love no matter where you are sorry my voice is shaky um, turn those questions around why not how shouldn't you be involved if, if that is the desire of your heart and God is in your heart, be unapologetic. <laughs> Don't say, I'm sorry, I'm going to yeah. do this. Do it. Go for it. Every time, it's like tiny and mighty. You won't move a mountain, but you might change someone's life with a ripple effect. Mm, the butterfly effect. See, my embracing ecclesia is not just about me. I might be changing somebody's life in a little town with a hut and they wear grass skirts and hunt with a spear. I could be making a difference in their life. I I don't understand it. I I don't know how. But I know as I follow and worship and respond to the constantly called out ones principle of Ecclesia. I am doing that. Everywhere you go, you take yourself with you. Oh, stop. (laughs) 
now I'm bummed. Everywhere you go, you, yeah, good, bad, and ugly. Yes, exactly. But to Matt's point and to Brooke's point, we walk into a building, we walk into a sphere of influence, we walk into work, we walk into play, recreation. You take yourself with it. Now, are you going to take your heart that burns with love, that's filled with joy? Blessed are the peacemakers. Are you, are you going to be a peacemaker? Or are you going to go in there cranky and angry and looking for excuses because the coffee's not the right coffee and, you know, all those kinds of things? Or are you going to walk in, you know, I, I'm sorry for being alive. I'm sorry for today. I'm sorry, you know, not, stop it. Um, you're taking Jesus into that room. You're taking Jesus into the bingo hall. Our goal is not to get those people from that building into this building. Our goal is to love those people because they're where they are. We have also discovered they're going to show up because they're bingo people. That's, that's what they do. They have their own sense of community. They have their own bonding to get. Well, let's go into that mix and be part of them. Love them. Share the joy. Just be a part of what it is. You know. Oh, that's not my cup of tea. Or I just... Stop it. Stop taking that self into there. Wow. Everywhere you go, you take Jesus with you. We are going to take our last 10 minutes here as we're trying to be faithful to our hour and 15 sort of guidelines or generality here of Genesis uh, expression of, of worship and service, church. We're going to take it and concentrate on Ukraine. I want to finish our discussion with this from Richard Rohr regarding the inner journey of Ecclesia and the monuments that we build to form. I think it applies, and I quote, eventually this monument and its maintenance and self-preservation becomes or can become an end in themselves. It is easy just to step on board and worship at a monument without ever knowing why or longing for God ourselves. At this point, we have jumped over the human and movement stages and have become what authors Mark Gibbs and T. Morton call God's frozen people. There is no hint of knowing that we are beloved by God or invited into an inner journey in this state, religion is merely an excuse to remain unconscious, holding on to a memory of something that must once have been a great adventure. Now religion is no longer life itself, but actually a substitute for life, or worse, an avoidance of life. Um... I think what is going on in the Ukraine should be touching every one of us deeply because we are the body of Christ. Um, if we could put up the number for prayer requests in case anybody wants to text in a prayer request. Nina is going to read some of the prayers and then I'm going to ask you to join us in communion and prayer right now as we 
mention the names of those who have requests that they've given us or that you text us right now for prayer. We'll mention you then in prayer, your personal request. And, and then as we focus on the Ukraine, I want to play a little something for you that will help us understand. What do you have there, Nina? Thank you. Okay. Um, we continue to pray for Ben, who was in a car accident. He's home now, but has more surgeries and physical therapy to come. Continue to pray for Spencer, 20-year-old cancer. For Talon, who will get out of the hospital in uh, by the end of March, but is still needing now more care than ever. And I want to mention at this point, if anyone knows of a car that is inexpensive to buy, they need to buy one that can hold her wheelchair. But we pray for her and her family. Uh, for Kathy and Jack's granddaughter, Karsten, who will be having surgery on a lump that is cancerous for her parents as they uh, walk through this. Um, for baby Jackson is home, but a preemie continuing to improve. For Kathy's cousin's family at the death of Kathy's cousin. And um, for Ray's family, a number of health issues, Jeff, Adema, Mary's family member, Jackie, dealing with cancer. For Linda's kidneys, for Pam's aunt, continuing to be strengthened. Um, they're talking about doing a pacemaker in her heart. For mm -hmm. Preston, dealing with shoulder pain, but uh, is waiting on medical appointments to happen. Okay. And let me just be sure nothing's, nothing else has come in. So oh, there's one here. And oh yes, we Continue did just pray for Karsten. I did just put, pray, put her name in. Uh, oh, uh, for Jennifer and Ryan as they travel to Wisconsin. Oh, Ryan's grandmother's funeral. She was 93. Yeah, also I uh, would like to pray for a friend of mine named Mickey who had throat cancer, has just finished chemo, and uh, so they're kind of hoping for just a smooth recovering and that it doesn't come back. All right, live stream audience, get your communion elements ready. We have ours now, and in just a moment we're going to receive communion together. Uh, not just yet, but get yours ready in your getting of those ready don't don't miss what I'm about to show you I have a montage of a house church in Ukraine worshiping two days before the bombing started singing mighty God from Hillsong Savior you can move the mountain they were singing this you're going to see that now it's not very visible because the request had gone out already to everybody kill their lights turn down your lights so that the enemy the Russian armies can't locate you so they're doing this in darkness but you're going to see enough that you can see some forms and then listen to them it's very brief it's about 45 seconds then from there we're going to view a little bit about the nation of Ukraine pictorially. It's, it's video footage. 
I did not know anything about Ukraine, Ukraine before this war started and before finding this footage I, I mean I all I knew to my ignorance unfortunately I had a thought that they were maybe third world country and you know some of the images you see of, of very old homes and torn up buildings and those kind of things you wait till you see this footage of what is now under the threat of war and being bombed I think you will cry and then we're going to end with a, a, a brief it's about a minute and 30 seconds from NBC some footage that they put up this past week of images just inviting us I think it, it, my response was to pray I just was in tears and was praying I'm going to present this montage to you now and, and then we're going to go to a time of contemplative silence as we just sit and in complete silence without anything but a, a, a track a sound track that, that will play after this footage if we could please and communion will be after. I will direct it. Может сдвинуть горы, Силен Господь мой спаси, Всех силен Он спаси. Побеги, Он творец спасения, Воскрес и смерть победил, Смерть Иисус Mighty God, author of salvation, deliverer, that's what they were singing. Can you imagine this being bombed?
please take the next minute and a half in silence as you listen and pray for Ukraine. says that the heart of the king you can go ahead Carrie with that the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord like rivers of water he turns it wherever he will so Lord we ask you to turn the heart of President Putin Lord, we pray that the bombs would fail, that the bullets would miss, that human life on every side would be spared, God. You realize, everybody, if you would get your communion elements here, you realize, don't you, that the um, and I'm trying to get mine open yeah thanks um, there are Russians in the street there are Russian people in the street that say we don't want this they're part of the universal body of Christ Christ 
some of them don't know it yet. They've not made a profession of faith. But what I'm doing, what we're praying, how we're agreeing together, how we're meeting in Ecclesia all, all over the world, and our, our little fellowships here, St. John's and Genesis, are making a difference in their lives. So the, the bread represents the body. <laughs> Jesus said, take and eat. And as you do, you do this in remembrance of him. So we remember the Russian people, the Russian soldiers, but we remember our Ukrainian brothers and sisters as well, all of them, humanity. And we say, we are one body together. My prayer, God our prayer, redeem your body deliver your people let's take and eat and then after supper he took the cup and he said this is my blood. He didn't say it's a sample, an, an example. He said, this is my blood. I think supernaturally as, as we partake, supernaturally God's making us one heart with Ukrainians, one heart with Russians, one heart with that family member, one heart with these people who have reached out in prayer right now. The body and the blood of Jesus is sufficient to heal, to set free, to deliver. So as we take together, may you be set free from anything that has you captive. The blood of the Lord. Heavenly Father, we thank you for each one of these that we've named this morning in prayer as well. We thank you that you're with them. You're working on their behalf. We pray for healing and deliverance, safe travels, for peace of mind and heart as they're working through these different issues. We thank you for your work on their behalf in Jesus' name. Could we pray this prayer corporately, everybody? You'll have it on the screen there. We've been praying at each of our, at the close of each of our sessions. And I invite you to join us in, in praying it likewise. Ready? Let's pray. Lord, place us in the text of scripture rather than the certainty of a constitution. Open our eyes to see the conversation, the story, the predicament, the spirit, and the incredible community of people who keep bumping into the living God. May we be a people who even in the midst of experiencing setbacks, disappointment, and messiness, are best of all a people who are growing in the trust of Jesus and one another. Cause us to see what you see to feel what you feel about your church 
increase our faith that we can be part of making a difference even starting anew our hope is that something during this series has touched you moved you in your journey of faith and strengthened and deepened you and caused you to grow in Christ as Paul said in Ephesians if it has in any way we were successful Brooke <laughs> right we were successful and we rejoice in the goodness of our God St. John's will be back here at 9 o'clock next week oh Wednesday night tell us about we Wednesday. have our midweek